1: and continuing coverage of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. 15 people killed Friday night. Still uh, a number in hospitals. Jaylen Nye, Andrew Gross, Chedville, thanks for being along with us today. You can get a hold of us at 496 0063 or text us at 630 630 like so many of you are with your thoughts. This one, such profound grief. Just one week ago our Pee Wee team took part in the challenge in the Rockies in Hinton. Kevin Carius and some Oilers alumni attended. They included Chris Joseph, who hugged our kids and wished them well for their game. Less than a week later, he's lost his own son and will never be able to hug him again. I'm just devastated. There are no words for Mr. Joseph and so many others who lost their loved ones.
0: So many of you uh, texting in. I know you just want to say what's on your mind. Many of you asking about rumble strips and stop signs, and uh, you know, as we said off the top of the show and throughout the first half hour. We'll leave that to the experts to determine what the actual cause was. Um, I know you can't just look at a picture. You know, I know that the temptation is there, but you can't just look at a picture and come to a conclusion on on the cause.
1: This text says, I would just like to say our prayers and thoughts are with those families and everyone affected by the tragedy. Our hearts also go out to that truck driver. As a truck driver myself for the past 20 years, I can only imagine how he feels. Whoever you are, whoever he is, we send our thoughts to you as well. Now, we heard an emotional um, Oilers coach, Todd McClellan, uh, on Saturday um, addressing the media, talking about what had happened. Uh, You know, he's from... Saskatoon. He knows the area really well. He coached the Swift Current Broncos from 1994 to 2000. Uh, Yesterday, Coach McClellan went to Humboldt with the uh, head coach of the Flames. Uh, Today, uh, there was a a pre-planned news conference. It was the year-ender news conference with the Oilers coach, but he gave us uh, his reflections on his time there yesterday.
2: It was you know this is going to sound very strange but it was rewarding to to go and be able to spend time with that group and and when i say that group there's a lot of focus on obviously the the victims and the players that are in the hospital right now but the the group is is immensely or or, or much bigger than than we can imagine um you know, I, I never considered billets and billets' families and the, the the extended family there, grandma's, grandpa's, girlfriends that are sitting there, um, cousins. Um, you know, the hospital was full of of those people that were affected by it. Um, the day was full of emotions from every uh, possible range, from 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 pure mourning to to actually some joy. In the day, um, and um, it was very impactful. So um, those players are are we use the word hockey strong uh, a lot because they are uh, they are hockey strong. You can see them; they're young, strong lads that that uh, are uh, well. They're hockey strong. they they need to be hockey strong right now, and um, they'll fight through it. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, the the amount of support that that has poured in is is overwhelming, and. Uh as the days go on, it will likely diminish, uh, but that's when they're going to need it the most. So, the, the emergency responders, the people that that I met yesterday, they're preparing for that. They're preparing for a week from now, ten days from now, a month, a year from now, um, and uh, they're tremendous people too. They don't get talked uh, about enough. Um, you know, one thing that I that I recognized uh, in that situation as well is that. Um, you know, it's the humble Broncos. they they play in the Saskatchewan Junior League. It's a men's or a, a male league. There was a female on that bus, a female trainer. Um, you know, and everybody asked me, how are the boys doing? How are the guys doing? Are they, are they, are they good? Do the, do they need anything? She was a big part of that team too. And she's in the hospital. And, um, you know, as they, as used the male term, they, they kind of leave her out and, Uh, I want to bring her back into the team environment. Um, She meant a lot to that team and, and does mean a lot to that community. So, um, and she's going through what all those other players are going through as well. So, um, you know, I believe her name was Dana and, uh, or is Dana and, uh, you know, I may be wrong, I met so many people yesterday, but uh, you guys can correct me if I am wrong and, and but it was uh, it was a rewarding day in that. Um, you know both the oilers and, and uh, the flames the the upper management from ownership down were very supportive of, of both Glenn and I going and uh, we're very thankful. Uh, we were lucky enough a friend of mine Dave Boucher uh, offered his his jet. Donated that time, and and uh, we were able to get in and out and do the things that we needed to do. So um, it's amazing how much emotion takes out of an individual. You know, I felt tired last night, and uh, but just looking in, at the families and, and what they're going through, they uh, they're going to need some help.
1: Oilers head coach Todd McClellan reflecting on his time in Humboldt yesterday afternoon. Well, um, a lot of people maybe outside the hockey community might not be able to wrap their, their head around the relationships and bonds that are formed between players and coaches on those long, sometimes... Sketchy bus rides. Well, Cam Moon uh, knows those drives better than most. He
0: spent three years on those buses during his playoff days in the WHL, and for the better part of the last 20 years doing play-by-play for the Red Deer Rebels. Cam joins us on the line now. Cam, it's our first time we've spoken. I wish it was under better circumstances.
3: Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of your show.
0: Oh, thanks, Cam. I appreciate that very much. I wonder if you could maybe start by putting in perspective a little bit from a market like Humboldt, uh, um, you know uh, the Rebels in Red Deer. What does a team like this mean to a smaller community?
3: Oh, there it it becomes the focal point, and, and you know it's not a lot different. I'm guessing than high school football in <laughs> Texas yeah. It's a lot the way it is in in junior hockey across across Canada and certainly in Western Canada, where. The players become uh, guys that are looked up to Mm -hmm. by kids, uh, somebody that uh, people follow, and and they follow the team, even if they're not hugely into hockey. Of course, the people that are, they'll follow it pretty close, but everybody else is very well aware of of what the local team is up to, if things are going well for them or if they're not going well for them. But it's a big part, and and we're hearing the stories of – of the Humboldt Broncos and and how good these these guys were in the community and it's like that across right across Canada these these players they they take a lot from the town but they ch- try to give back a lot to the town too uh, whether they're helping out at, at schools or, or minor hockey or or whatever I mean they with the time that they have the guys that are out of high school you. Mean, predominantly your 16s and 17s they're still in high school but your 18s 19s and 20s are usually out of high school by then Mm -hmm. and in some markets maybe they're taking a college class or two or university class or two which is about all you can do when you're juggling a junior hockey schedule Mm -hmm. because it's quite intense but they're outside of their their practice time they're also putting back in the community so they become a huge part of it and and in a town like Humboldt it's only about 6,000 people you can imagine it's even more intensified so something like this is and I I just heard uh, Todd McClellan talking about how it's not just the team it's Mm -hmm. it affects everybody and he's bang on and he would know uh, he played junior in Saskatchewan he's from Saskatchewan uh, but you know it's the same in every province it's it's a big part of the town.
1: You know what, Cam, and you were just, uh, you just touched on something that I wanted to bring up that Todd had talked about, that it's just not um, you know, the parents of uh, of those boys, it's the Billet families, it's the girlfriends, it's the everything, and just how everything gets spread out so much more when you think about it. There's two sets of parents almost for yeah. every kid, and I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about that, yeah. and how the Billet community is is so very important to, to leagues like this into teams like this. It's absolutely huge,
3: and and for those of us that are you know totally into it, it just seems like it's for us. It's just second nature. But you're right. If you, if you don't know how the the whole junior hockey lifestyle works, that there are two sets of parents. It's very rare that you have a lot of players on your team from actually from town that would yeah. live with their mom and dad. It's pretty rare, uh, and especially a town like Humboldt that's so small. You're only going to produce. So many high-level players and mm-hmm. usually not a ton and and they have equal opportunity to really go anywhere so what happens is these guys are coming from wherever and as we know there was a lot of alberta players mm-hmm. uh, on that team uh which isn't uh, that that's not uncommon and then they go away and they live with a family the billet family and you'd think it's you know at first it would be you know, where you're just kind of living downstairs and you, you go your way and the family goes their way. But that's not how it is. You become part of that family. Uh, I'm still connected to the Billis family I lived with <laughs> in Saskatoon. Uh, I, I remember going back to their uh, big wedding anniversary they had and uh, their son, uh, who was playing junior... It, it's funny, their son was playing junior at the same time in a different place, and, and you know, him and I still keep in contact. So it it you becomes your second family because you're living there for well anywhere from seven to eight months of the year Mm -hmm. you're only home for for the summer and that's about it and then you're going back there so it it's going to affect them hugely and and in a place like a smaller town like that and all the billet families are going to know each other because Mm -hmm. you know we got so-and-so living at our house this year and we've got this guy and whatever it yeah it's it, and it it it's such an amazing um, process. Anybody that's been able to play junior hockey knows how how much fun it is and how exciting it is, and and having that second family is so important because you're especially when you're first moving away. You know, it, it can be daunting um, to be going to a new city, maybe a new province, and it's all going to be new. And it's nice to have a little bit of support. Uh, when you come home every day from the rink because maybe things don't go well at the rink for you that day. That's going to happen too. It's nice to have some support and these Billet families are absolutely huge.
0: Uh, I don't want to talk or put you on the spot, obviously, to talk about this specific bus, but the one thing I've learned over the weekend that I honestly just didn't know, uh, so many hockey players and so many people from the hockey community at all levels have talked about (laughs) life on the bus and and that they've all ridden those buses. how significant, I mean, how much of a bonding experience, how much, I mean, what happens on those buses? I I guess it's a big part of players' lives at that level. Yeah.
3: Well, it's an extension of the dressing room for sure. And, uh, it, it, it's your, it's your safe haven, which makes this thing all that much more tragic to tell you the truth. It is, it is, um, sometimes it's your classroom. Sometimes it's your bedroom. Uh, Sometimes it's your dinner table. It's all those things. Uh, because in junior hockey, especially at the junior A and at the WHL levels, the amount of time you spend on the bus is immense. Uh, you can just take a look at a map of the teams in the league and, and figure it out from there that, and the amount of games that are played that you're going to spend a ton of time on this thing. And that is where, and even in today's day and age of of cell phones and devices and what have you, that is still where you form those those friendships that will last a lifetime uh, they they will be the, the guys that you play junior with will be guys that you keep in contact with the rest of your life because that's just the way it is you're bonding at a very special time in your life but all those hours that's where you get to know people and you get to know them really well <laughs> and you know you got your your small town kids that uh, maybe live just outside of town and, and grew up on a farm and you got your big city kids from edmonton and calgary and everybody has a different background and you're going to find out about all of them uh, (laughs) over the course of the season it is it it's such a it's a it's a special place it's um it's it's something that you know i i've never been able to get away from because uh it's uh, it's it's something that these guys are going to hold near and dear to their heart. The, the best times, you know, over the course of a junior hockey career are going to be you know, times in the room and times on the bus.
1: Cam, can, would you mind uh, holding on for just two minutes? I have to get a couple of breaks out of the way, but both sure. Andrew and I would love to talk to you a little bit more. Is that okay?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. Cam Moon joining us this afternoon, 248. He's been doing play-by-play for the Red Deer Rebels for the last 20 years. We'll continue our conversation with him right after this. The weather us on the show this afternoon he is the play-by-play voice for the Red Deer Rebels as we continue our coverage of the uh, Humboldt tragedy 15 people dead after that collision on on Friday evening cam uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this with us I mean it must have been I mean this whole weekend must just be completely surreal for you given you know what you do for a living and, and the amount of time that you've been on those buses.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I guess I. I just I can't imagine what everybody closely connected to it is going through. Like I just I can't. I parents, billets, uh, people around Humboldt, teammates, you name it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I,
3: I I can't.
0: Should imagine. probably add first responders. Oh, the first list responders. Well. Oh, I can't even
1: yeah. imagine.
3: That exactly. Like I can't imagine. So I. Yeah, anything from somebody as far removed as me is is minuscule Mm -hmm. in comparison.
0: You do have a a unique perspective, though, that we don't uh, have here. Lynn and I don't have, and I know a number of our listeners don't. We were talking before the break about life on that bus. Is it fair to characterize all the individuals on that bus or on those buses uh, every uh, night during the season? They're all hoping to go somewhere else, I mean, from player to broadcaster to coach i mean is it always a busload of of people who are looking down the road to their next career move
3: yeah you know that's that's a pretty fair assessment uh, in in junior a uh guys are looking to to secure ncaa scholarships or they're looking to to if they're really young maybe go to the the Western Hockey League or or maybe they're looking at uh, university or college hockey uh, as a stepping stone to becoming a pro uh, in the Western Hockey League uh, looking to go uh, to pro from there. coaches uh, assistant coaches trainers broadcasters yeah there's yeah there's there's a lot of that because <laughs> those are the steps that you have to make to to get there and You definitely, like anybody that's a pro player now, they've had to put in their time at one level or the other. Like any Canadian pro player has either played junior A or or major junior, somewhere along the line.
0: Isn't that an interesting? I, I, I know people know that, and I guess, you know, in hindsight, I know that too, but it is interesting to take a moment to think about that when we see professional athletes, regardless of the sport, and there's this tendency to think that they somehow just. you stepped magically appear the there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you read of their contracts and the amounts and whatever, and then you think about, uh, you know, teenagers um, away from their families and homes and. On buses and going to little rinks and little towns, and and this is how they ended up in the NHL or NFL or yeah. CFL or wherever.
3: You no, know, that's right. And and I tell anybody that will listen, um, the education that I got playing junior hockey cannot be acquired uh, through a school or reading a book. <laughs> um, the education of having to come to work every day and. Give it your best, or you're probably not gonna be there very long. You're going to get cut or traded, and and that's why I feel that the game does such a great job of producing quality young men. And I it, that is, it really does get driven home uh, when you leave it at 16 or 17, and then when you're done at 21 or 20, the transformation, and I get to see it here as a broadcaster of the guys that come through here the transformation I see from from boys to men is amazing and, and I see people go on to do great things in hockey or, or otherwise and and that's you know and I, that's part of the whole experience but it's yeah it's junior hockey is a, an interesting lifestyle and it it's it's absolutely wonderful
1: Cam we want to thank you for joining us this afternoon thank you so much
3: well thank you I would I would love it if it was on different circumstances. And, you know, if you guys ever have a story or, or a show about, like, cartoons or, <laughs> or how to be a bad husband or something, <laughs> oh, man. I could seriously write a book.
1: Well,
0: listen, we could put a panel together pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> you um, and Andrew okay. might yeah. have to fight over that. <laughs> right, right,
3: right. <laughs> well, we could compare notes.
1: Oh, sure. you go. Cam, thank you so much for this. Appreciate your time today. Okay, thanks for having me on. All righty, there you go, Cam Moon, who is the uh, play-by-play for the Red Deer, or play-by-play guy for the Red Deer Rebels, us this afternoon man oh man Hmm. i needed that laugh honestly did need that laugh um some of the text coming in um says i drive a bus for a high school sports academy and i'm not scared of weather road conditions because i control that because i can control that but i am terrified of being t-boned on the highway someone wants us to talk about something else today uh, not likely today, I'm no. afraid for you. Um, Brad and Jackie say, my wife and I billeted for the Red Deer Rebels players for six years. We were very close to our billet kids. Our daughter was a flower girl at one of the players' weddings a couple years ago after he left Red Deer. We had a very emotional weekend. Can't imagine how tough it is for everyone involved from Brad and Jackie. Hmm. It's,
0: uh, it, it is it uh, is interesting to listen to Cam, and I know we have other guests uh, with their perspective to talk about this as well. Um It's another world that I wasn't... I'm learning a lot about Uh over the weekend. I'm surprised I didn't know more about it. In any sport I've played, basically as I progressed, so did the other players. We were always with the exception of a few new guys, we were always on teams together as you went from novice to bantam to whatever in football or, you know. But yeah, just thinking about all these young kids coming together from all over.
1: Strangers until they're on that team.
0: Yeah, forming teams and not knowing how long they're going to be there. And
1: And if you're wondering how many people this has touched, has affected, all you have to do is look at the GoFundMe page. mm -hmm. At last count, about an hour ago, it was sitting at $5.8 million. $5.8 million. A total of more than 73,000 donors from more than wow. 65 countries. People
0: just want to help, right? And and that is one way that you can help. That GoFundMe page still open and available, and the assurance has been given that the 100% of the money raised will go to the families of those who lost their lives in that bus crash. The 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.